with you guys for season three. Happy New Year 2023. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to start and get this season off and going. Um, it's been a nice little break, and thanks for being patient with me over the holidays. We had a lot going on, and sometimes you just need to take care of that and be present. And I just really wanted to be present for my family, and so I took the month of December off. But that doesn't mean I wasn't thinking about y'all, because I think about you guys all the time. And I missed you. I can't believe how much I missed you. I missed the feedback and I missed the energy from hearing what you guys think and the different episodes. So I'm so glad that we are back and we are going. Season three, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about the guests that we have on. It's called The Drive. We've gone from home, the first season, to The Edge to now the drive and you're going to find that these ladies in season three really have the extra the thing that keeps them going the thing that makes it different um that when nobody else wants to do it they do it and why i love it about this episode and when i ask everybody about their drive it almost catches them a little off guard because they're like they almost take it for granted that they have it and then when you have to explain it, it's like, it's just cool to hear their answers. I hope that you find your drive. We start off this week, season three, week one with Macy Merrick. And she is a ball of energy. She's from Quincy, Illinois, raised here in Iowa. I met her right before Christmas, uh, right, during, right before that really, really cold snap. We got together in Iowa City at the mall at Barnes & Noble. You never know where we're recording. I'm just going to put that out there. We were in the middle of a bookstore in the middle of Christmas season. So if you hear some things in the background, that was going on. But I was so grateful that she came by and stopped and we connected right away. She um, is really interactive with the kids in the ring. She put, takes time to really make the experience a learning one. And boy... I can tell that's been her whole life. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear how she takes her passion of agriculture and she's passing it forward. She, you know, moves on with her ag education degree, but then now how she's trying to learn more and develop herself more so she can even give back in a bigger way. Uh, she's got a passion for travel. I think you're going to like that. Me too. And I can't wait for you to listen to her um, talk about how she spent six months in Houston, Texas, being a student teacher in inner city Houston. I tell you what, you know, people talk about what makes these ladies different. That makes these ladies different. It would have been easy for Macy just to say, I'll take a gig here in Iowa. I got it. I know how that works. But no, she wanted to discover something new and she pushed herself out there. I hope that you um, had had a great winter break and you're swinging in and you're coming right back in to your best self. So for this season, let's go with this. I would like us to focus on our best selves, doing our best efforts, in, and so that we can come up with the thing that drives us the most. You guys, I can't wait for you to meet Macy. So I'm gonna turn it over to her. Let me get started with season three, episode one of Ladies in the Lead, Miss Macy Merrick. Guys, enjoy. Joan Garner, and this is Ladies in the Lead, and I'm sitting today with Macy Merrick. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. good. This is our first time getting together. Yes. I'm super excited yeah, to meet you. I'm excited to be here. Okay, Andy Plattner. Yes. He He's my neighbor. Is he really? Yes. No Grew way. up right, like, two miles from us. Yeah. Went to the same church, like, all that. Mm-hmm. And so he is in love with podcasts. I'm just going to put that out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good. And he recommended you to me. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. Andy's a great, yeah, great friend. Yeah. Grew up in the show pig, you know, did industry you with you him. You didn't go to college though together, did you? Is no, he, he would have been older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but just always, you know, how small of a world it is in I livestock. Know. Always knew of each other from, yeah, the pigs. Yeah, show that's pigs. Good. and he said, "This is a great 
lady judge. Oh gosh. I don't know. Do you define <laughs> yourself as a great lady judge? I don't know. I don't know. I try to do my best. That's what you, you know, at the end of the yeah. day, that's all I try to do. Are you so. judging a lot? Like how much are you at, judging around? Quite a bit. I mean a decent amount, right? Just some smaller shows. Mm -hmm. Um, showmanships here and there. I've done like the South Dakota State Fair showmanship up there. Um, I actually got asked this past year to do the National Barrow Show showmanship. Um, so that's been good. I you know, and then jackpot shows and county yeah. fairs in neighboring states in Iowa. So trying to get out there more, but you know, That's again, awesome. it's hard to fit a lot of stuff into into schedules sometimes. So try to take what I can. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Well, yeah. I think it's awesome. I mean, we talk about it all the time, um, just how fun it is to see women now just showing their yes. presence in the microphone out in the ring. And I still get a little frustrated. I'll just be honest because. Um, we have such a presence in the ring being an exhibitor. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the balance is there yet, but it's coming. Yes. And I love it that we have young people like yourself, not young people, young women mm -hmm. who are starting to just hop right in there and just join right yeah. in. And it's no more the exception. Now, you know, it is what it is. It is just the, um, it is, I think, commonplace. Yeah. Now, you grew up not far from here. We're no. in, okay, so I'll tell you where we're at. Yeah. We're in the middle of Barnes & Noble in the mall yes. in Coralville because perfect you're coming home from Quincy, yes. Illinois yes. and I was coming like this is the perfect place to be but you're headed to Riverside correct grew up there right yep so grew up on a you know diversified livestock and grain farm there uh, actually a sixth generation technically my sisters and okay. I are the sixth, sixth generation the sixth generation so this is I, okay I, I was doing a little research yes. on you guys so I know Grandpa Larry yeah really developed uh, the land and it's called Land and Livestock Merrick right? Land and Livestock Merrick yep. Land and Livestock yep okay so that means then before grandpa mm -hmm. it was great yeah grandpa would have been the fourth generation right okay. if we're the yeah for the so sixth like, were you here before the state of iowa i don't know honestly like, i don't even know thing? the dates um, did you put your name like on, on our rock so we have a giant rock in um, the front yard in the okay. in the front of our it's kind of at the corner and then you go yeah. one way and it's my parents house and the other way it's on the highway is okay. my grandparents house so it's at the corner of a pasture okay basically um that rock says 1896 so 1896 yeah and there's a that's so that's the year i know i don't know but and then we're six generations on two sides Oh, really? So, both of my parents are from Washington County. Okay. But my other grandparents live in Brighton, Iowa, mm -hmm. and we're also the sixth generation there on a century farm. So, both of them are century farms awesome. um, in Washington County, which is kind of kind of cool to be a part of. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, you are um, one of four One of girls. four girls. Yes. Yeah. Number two, huh? Number two, the best place to be. I, I'm a number two. Hey! I'm a number two That's out of four. Like. That's what we like. That's what we like. How close are you guys at age? So we're two, two, and three. So the last one isn't two years. So we're all two years apart, okay. and then the last two are three years so you apart. you grew up as a group. Yes. Yes. Like, we have, um, like, my sister's a year older. My brother, first brother, yep. is a year younger. Mm -hmm. And we had a little eight-year gap. Oh, man. Yeah, you so did have like, some space. Yeah, so then we had, like, a three and one. Yes. But you had four right out of the gate. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Seven, yeah, seven years between all four of us. Wow. Is that Mom right? Dad yeah. were busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. You guys were like, were you all involved outside or yes. was there more like... I mean, there was more people that had interest in it, right? Yeah. My older sister and I... Um, and actually that's kind of led to our careers now. We both still work in agriculture, mm -hmm. but we all four, I mean, it was a team effort right at home. Um, it was just us girls in the yeah. barn most of the time. I mean, parents weren't going to touch it, weren't going to mess with us, were going to give us the resources to do what we wanted to do right. and be successful. But at the end of the day, if we didn't clean the pen, if we didn't wash anything, yeah. it was not getting done, right? It was not getting done. Yes. you guys, um, so you, you grew up right there on the home farm. You still, yep. your mom and dad still yep. live there. You mm -hmm. live nowhere else, right? Do you guys fair to finish the whole time? We used to be a fair to finish operation. So yeah, great question. Back when corn prices went really yeah. high there in what was that, the 90s or so, we got out of the Pharaoh to finish okay. operation. It's always just been show pigs though. Mm -hmm. So we've never really ventured into the commercial side or put up any big hog buildings, which our county has a lot of. Yes, Washington a lot county of big producers. is known for yes. like, the hogs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we've never had the commercial hogs, but Pharaoh to finish, yeah, we did have Pharaoh to finish on the show pig side. And now we don't Pharaoh to finish everything. I mean, we Pharaoh everything. But then yeah. anything that we don't sell, we don't finish out. Yeah. We'll take the sale barn. So. Oh, we take the sale barn yep. and do that. How many mm -hmm. sows did you guys have? We're trying to stay around. I mean, we, we would have been up to over 100 there at one point, right? Especially when we were finishing everything out. Now we're trying to hover around that 40 
range. Yeah. Just focus on quality, keep numbers down, keep it a little bit more manageable, right? Because we still think that you can get accomplished what you need to accomplish with fewer numbers mm -hmm. as long as you keep the right sows. Are you raising boars too? Or are you just raising... We'll, we'll keep back a few boars. Back in the day, my dad did have a boar stud. Yeah. Um, so we had a boar stud, I think, until... Oh, shoot. I don't know exactly what years that would have been. Um, like around the, you know, 2009, 2008, mm -hmm. 2010 era, right in there. So dad did have a boar stud there for a while. And eventually yeah. we just got out of that. Yeah. It's um, hard to like do both. It's, exactly. It's, you, so, think you need to be in the boars and you're breeding f just for that. And then it's hard because if you get a good one, yes. then next year you have, you know, 10 more and you want to replace them. Well, you really don't. You kind of want to sell semen over here. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to keep. And it was a great time to be in it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was either kind of that point of, hey, you've got to really focus on the boar stud or get out, mm -hmm. right? So it was a great time when we were in it. We had a lot of success with it while it was running um, and then we just kind of decided that our, our focuses needed to be somewhere else right yeah. so we still try to keep some boars like most people do yeah. that have some show pig sows at home just because it keeps it makes your life a little bit easier if you do need semen yeah at some point um, True. you know what I mean it's on property yes you can just, keep keep, yeah. keep good boars back just a few here and there when you need them I know so tell me about like Tell me about how it was growing up. 4-H, mm -hmm. FFA, yeah, all of it. Yeah, all, sports, sports. 4-H, uh, FFA. I mean, all the years that I could be in any of them. So, uh, okay, your FFA chapter would be in Washington, Washington County. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we would have been Washington High School, Washington FFA. Um, it's a pretty active chapter, or how would you? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty active. Um, we did a lot of the livestock judging, so actually, I was really fortunate to have great coaches as my dad, and then Shane Brinning. Yeah, um, yeah, and Shane. we had we had a good 4-H team, um, yeah. and I was lucky enough to judge with a couple of my best friends, and then my sister was on my my older sister was yeah. on our team as well, and so we won the state contest a few times. Um, on both the 4-H and FFA side, and nice. I won the state contest as an individual as well, mm -hmm. um, and then went to Louisville, and we went to Kansas City. So we went to Louisville twice, and we went and judged at Kansas City once as well in our high school careers, That's really awesome. which was really a neat experience. Uh, it was kind of fun all, as well as an individual. To, I was outside of the, still, you know, a little bit upset about it to this day, but I was outside <laughs> the top 10 in Louisville by what? half a point. I was 11. So it is what it is, yeah. but yeah, we had a fun time, um, and it was a lot of fun to be a yeah. part of part of that, especially with your sisters and your best friends. Your guys' county down there is like very competitive. Yeah, we've you know? got awesome people. That's yeah. for sure. I interviewed Shay mm -hmm. uh, for the podcast, and yeah, you know, just most people, you know, at a county fair level, like if Shay's going out there and just getting reserved grand champion, at the, you know, state fair, mm -hmm. you would think that that would be the focus of the family, right? But Shay's like, no, we just wanted to win the county fair. Like, we never opened the for that. The county hard, yeah. And you know how, like, yes. yeah, with the Brenning family around, it, it rises the people up, and you guys were it's there. It's a challenge, it yes, is. yes. But it makes it fun. It is fun. And then with the showdown starting, I mean, yes. we weren't, you know, I wasn't around yeah. for part of that. Um, well, actually, pigs weren't in. The, oh, our no, showdown. So Southeast Iowa was the first showdown, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, it had all the other species and then it didn't have pigs. Was that, wait, was that because it was not all counties? A lot or? of the counties were terminal too, yeah. right? So a lot of the pigs would just go straight on the truck. Um, our county eventually wasn't and then it just took a little while for mm -hmm. them to get the pigs started into into the showdown. So yeah, I, I did make it to the showdown a few years luckily towards yeah. the end there, but yeah, it was a really neat experience and I think that the showdowns even brought more focus to really trying to do your best and put more emphasis on the county fair yeah. level, right? I would um, say because so. those are such neat opportunities to be a part of. Right. And yeah. when you get to those, you don't want to miss them. Yeah. We're from Cedar County mm -hmm. and we're very competitive mm -hmm. in all species, uh, specifically cattle. It's mm -hmm. really tough and we have tough, we don't have big numbers in lambs, but it's pretty tough when you get there. And mm -hmm. even, you know, and so we were fortunate enough to make it through with lambs. Yeah. And get to, we go to the best of the best, yeah. which is, yeah, you know, absolutely. Ringo right there. Mm -hmm. Those showdowns are a ton of fun. They're so cool. They're, I, They're neat, one of the best things that's happened to yes. the county fair. Really, I appreciate that comment because so many people would say that they would skip the county fair, mm -hmm. maybe say it wasn't worth it mm -hmm. to stay for state fair or mm -hmm. stay for nationals or something like that, and it's so nice that... I'd say it brought more focus back to the county, county fair, fair level for our for our family as well, yeah. right? As we kind of had that mindset sometimes of, oh, let's focus yeah. on state fair, 
you yeah, know, yeah. We, we were going to Louisville during July, mm-hmm. and there was just a lot of other stuff going on, so you had different sets of pigs for all those shows throughout the summer, because um, we did quite a few national shows back back then, too. Uh, so, yeah, it brought more focus back to the county fair yeah. level for us. Tell me, what did you show besides pigs? We did everything at the county level, That's which was a really neat experience. Goats, sheep, yes. cattle, and pigs. Yes, so all four. So... Dad wanted us, if we wanted to have the experience, Dad wanted us to be well-versed in all the species. Um, so that Which was probably really helped really when you went neat. to that judging team because you had all four Exactly, right yeah. exactly. So, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, my older sister, I liked them all. Um, now, by the time, we had a lot of cattle going in the cooler. Mm-hmm. So by the time county fair was over, I was ready to just focus on the pigs okay. going to state fair. Yeah. Um, but it was so fun to switch gears because we did pigs year-round. Mm-hmm. You know, Denver, Kansas City, Louisville, summer shows, all that stuff. Um, so it was fun when summer came around to kind of switch gears, yeah. get into cattle, get into some goats, get into some sheep. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, by the time putting seven or eight head of you know, Everything. cattle up every day uh, and putting them in the cooler every morning. I was definitely ready to to just focus on on pigs towards the end of the summer. Yeah, but well, with four of you, I mean, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of livestock. I mean, I think we had livestock shoved in every pen in every corner you could when all of us were showing. You it's know, fun. and I think it's fun too because I mean, you're primarily a hog exhibitor, mm-hmm. but to get hands on like with lambs and goats, yes, and to get really physical, yeah, and then you know to be able to the cattle too is a whole. Oh thing. yeah, and it's a learning experience, right? Yeah. For sure. Tell me about this because I've always heard this. Or people have said this. Mm-hmm. I don't show hawks, but I'm we were pretty competitive in the cattle thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're really good at showing cattle, you'll be really good at showing hogs. Do you think so? Like because you get that it takes the dedication, the feed focus, sure. the hair coat yes, focus. Yes. Like you understand. I do agree with that statement, especially I mean we're starting to get out of showing just ourselves, yeah. right? And try to focus on maybe helping other families or selling right. more of our own show pigs. And the kids that do show cattle, I would take a kid that shows cattle very well and at a high level to show pigs any day because, yes, they get the daily work mm-hmm. right off the bat, right? Of you're, you're brushing, you're blowing, you're washing. You're, right, you're, yeah. Yes, you're putting in the hours on and, the calves. And in the last 15 years, mm-hmm. I think you'll account to this, mm-hmm. it has changed on how you, you know, take care of the daily care of yeah. hogs. Oh, for from sure. From the conditioning of the hide yeah. to, you know, the walking, the training, the yep. feed the intensity of the one mm-hmm. and I think it's really ramped up yeah where cattle has kind of always maybe been about 10 years ahead yes and I mean it's yeah still- it's changed significantly yeah. since I mean I remember you know after dinner um when we were really little and just starting to show it was like okay let's go get our pigs out and walk them right yeah and it was just like hey let's take them down the ditch you know and just kind of follow <laughs> them you're little you know you're five whatever just follow your pig um and now to see the five-year-olds in the ring that are just oh. nailing it you know keeping oh, heads up yeah um getting good attention it's it's changed a lot because we never used to have to do that that was not a thing yeah. back back when i started so it's just changed a lot i know okay so we know you're a showmanship judge, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned like you were a five-year-olds out there doing things. Yeah. Give me your one thing you're looking for when you see somebody hit the ring. What's the one thing that, like, yeah. if people are like, some young girls listen to this, and she's like, all right, Macy just said. Like, yes, yeah. so the biggest thing with, like, little kids, right, yeah. is I always bring them in, and I say, I, you know, bring yeah. them in, stop messing with your pigs, come to the middle, let's talk about what we're kind of focusing on, right? Right. And we also have a little neighbor girl that I try to help show some pigs to in the summer. And the three things are usually eye contact, right? Mm -hmm. My dad always told me when we were younger, look at that judge like you're going to eat him for lunch. (laughs) I don't know why, but that is what he said. And that stuck, right? Look at that judge like you're going to eat him for lunch. So eye contact is big. And then I try to say, we're, we're making a pig sandwich, right? So we're keeping the pig in between you and the judge or myself. Mm -hmm. So we're making a pig sandwich. So we've got those two things. And then we're trying to, you know, keep the head up and keep the pig in the center of the ring. So for little young kids, that's, that's what I'm really focusing on is can they, can they accomplish those three things pretty effectively? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think those are great tips. I love it. Mm -hmm. Little kids, they've come a long ways. I mean, I remember the first time I showed, I was so nervous I almost threw up you know one mm-hmm. of those things and now we got three and five year olds out there yes mastering the rounds and yes like, all right so you graduate from high school mm-hmm. head to the best university correct of I course. mean like we don't even have to mention yeah. which one that is we all know but since this is a nationwide <laughs> platform maybe we'll say Iowa we State know. yes Iowa State I know and head mm-hmm. in 
to teaching, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, agricultural education. I majored in agricultural education. I started out as ag business. Okay, I was ag business. Yes, there. started out ag business. Which I'm kind of surprised you didn't do animal science. I have a minor in animal science. Okay, mm -hmm. because, okay, so tell me why ag business. I don't yeah. want to yeah. know why. Or why education. Yeah, yeah, so ag business. I loved the major, loved starting out. I think it's a great major to start yeah. in. Um, loved the professors, and they prepare kids really well for career, career fairs and different things yeah. like that. So I wouldn't change to where I started, but I had always kind of wanted my teaching degree mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then I always loved the animal side too, right? So I decided to shift gears, and ag business wasn't exactly what I thought I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so I switched gears to ag education because I knew that I wanted my teaching license, even if I wasn't going to use it right away, mm -hmm. just something that I, I wanted to have. And then I also picked up a minor in animal science because I was a part of the block and bridle club yeah, excessively yeah. Um, and to hold an office. So I ended up working my way up to be president of the block and bridle club and to hold an office in that position, you have to have a minor in animal science or a major, okay. right? Yeah. So that's the primary reason I picked up a minor in animal science, but I loved animal science yeah. as well. So that was an easy fit. Uh, but yeah, I just always wanted my education, teaching license and degree. Then, so, so you get that, mm -hmm. right? Where'd your student teach at? Texas. Oh, that's right, Houston. Yes, inner city I Houston. Saw that. Yeah. Okay, now that was a conscious choice. Yeah. To go there. Or so was there I was looking else? for other opportunities, right? I was like, I understand Iowa agriculture. I, I'm pretty sure I've gotten a good handle of what, what Iowa agriculture is and how the Iowa FFA right. organization and right. program works. Um, and so, yeah. I really just wanted to see something different. And we all know that Texas FFA is a really big deal and they do things really well. So I'm always trying to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Be a lifelong learner, learn how I can make something already better than it already is. And I thought Texas would be a great opportunity for that. Um, I also like to get out and see new places. So actually, originally I was looking into international experiences. Yeah, right. There's not a lot of them for ag education. There's some for other education majors. Yeah, my cousin. But she ag education, on the base there's not. In Germany. Really? Yes. What was she? She well, she was. She went to U and I though. Okay, so, so she, she was, was just like ed school, elementary or high school, high school education. education. Yeah. Yeah. But she did it in Germany on the American military base. That would be base. so cool. Yes, but I know internationally it would be a little bit. Tricky. Ag education, there's not a ton. I mean, yeah. they, they were like, okay, you can go to the Netherlands and teach science most days. Because we get our science endorsement. How's your Dutch? Yeah, and then he, a farmer comes and takes students out like once a week to the, his farm. You know, oh. and I was like, uh, I don't not. think that meets my requirements. So anyway, yes, we have a pro. Iowa State had a program with Houston, a school district down there, Aldine um, Independent School District. And it was an amazing opportunity because I was in inner city Houston with, yeah. you know, kids that... First off, the population, the racial yeah, population was so a lot different, different yeah. than what I was used to and what they were used to seeing me, mm -hmm. right, as well. And they didn't have any background or any knowledge of agriculture. Whereas if I would have been teaching in a school up here, mm -hmm. that would have been totally different. Right. Which I was comfortable with as well. But it really put me outside of my comfort zone, especially just terminology-wise, yeah. going from being a member of the Iowa, the livestock judging team at Iowa State to then, you know, where your your terms and yeah, like you're just saying words that are just completely foreign. Yes, yeah, our way it's up like here, it's like a language. Yes, you know, yeah, our way up here, and then trying to bring that dip back to okay, what is a gilt? What is a barrow? Um, what is a sow? What is a cow? You know, just the very very basics that we feel like we're teaching elementary kids yeah. around here sometimes. Yeah, so which is so cool. I'm so glad you took that pond. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and you were there 12 weeks or six. Um, I would have been there six months. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so a semester. A semester. Mm -hmm. Did you go to a fair? Do they have fairs? Yeah. So I went to the Texas State Fair while I was down there because yeah. that was going on. And then they have a district show too that all the, so this, there's several high schools in that school district. And so they bring all those students in to basically compete at like their county fair. Yeah. Right. So that was really fun because we had barns behind the school every day. So I could use those in my lessons sometimes, too. So we could go down and see the livestock for some of my lessons. Uh -huh. And then I could also help the kids prepare to show at their county show. And then I also went down. They showed at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. So I oh, went back fun. and helped them with that. It was fun. But the first year I tried, I was getting on a plane from South Dakota and COVID hit that oh, in March. No. So it would have been March, right, when COVID yeah. hit? Yeah. I was at the airport, and they canceled the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Like, oh, they just said, okay, right. we're done. 
Um, and so, yeah, I didn't get to go down and see my students uh, that time, but I did make it back, I think, this, yeah, last year. So it was, it was really fun. So your students would be what year now? My students are getting old. Um, yeah, majority of them, my freshmen are seniors. So three years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my freshmen just are seniors. Into, like, little yeah, yeah, and I still keep in touch with some of them, which is really fun. And then to see some of them go on to like yeah. study at AG at I at uh, Texas A and M, places like that. Yeah. So it's really neat. So to left see. Texas and come back to Iowa, mm-hmm. but then you kind of didn't didn't stick in education. Nope. I always knew that I didn't. I loved teaching yeah. and I loved my experience down there. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to get my teaching license. I was just not sure if I wanted to implement mm-hmm. it right away. So not to say that I never will use my teaching license. I just felt like I could offer more value to my students if I continued to learn mm-hmm. myself. Um, and I just felt like my own, I guess, growth and knowledge wasn't where I wanted it to mm-hmm. be before I went back to the classroom. So I wanted that industry and business experience. So actually... I graduated and took a full-time job with Corteva AgriScience mm-hmm. and was placed in South Dakota. How was South Dakota? For my training experience. Awesome. I uh, loved it. You know, people I loved love, it. Okay, how, I don't know where you were at quite. I lived Dakota. in Sioux Falls and I covered a majority Sioux of the state. Sioux Falls is a great place. Beautiful. I mean, it's, like, they it's say so they nice. Say it's like the last resort before you hit yeah. the open. So like, And there's a lot of young there. people, right? Because yeah. in South Dakota, I mean, where else are you going to live sometimes if you want mm-hmm. a bigger city? Right. So that was a, a really cool experience too, yeah. to live in South Dakota. When I got told, I was really hoping I'd stay down south so that I could be close to my students right. and still maybe even be, you know, distance yeah, like, to where I could help them. Right. Didn't need to be in Houston. Um, but, yeah, so when I got called and told that I was going to South Dakota, I was like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> Are you sure I'm going to South Dakota? And I'm like, yes. Let me check that. We're positive. We're positive. And I got up there, and I do think that life is all about the mindset that you go in with it. Absolutely. About, so I try to you know, make everything a positive experience. I wasn't thrilled about the experience, but again, find people, get out there and do things, have fun while you're there. Um, And I ended up really meeting great people and really loving the area. that, I think, one of the best life lessons Mm -hmm. is that there are great people everywhere. Absolutely. I love that about that, like... I just find that I, I'm a people person. Like I love people. Like yes. And my sister sometimes say, "Joan, sometimes you are like my worst nightmare on a plane because I'm like all chatty, cat talk to the person like, next to you. Oh, where are you going? What you? I mean, I'm not like completely oblivious. People that just want to yeah. put AirPods yeah. in and not talk to anybody. You know, I'm not completely oblivious that people are like, <laughs> right, not, right. But I mean, I love that, and I think that that mindset gets you so much further. Yeah. There are good people everywhere, and there is something to learn from every situation. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, South Dakota, how long were you up there? Ten months. Ten months, and then Mm -hmm. now in Quincy. And now I've been in Quincy for over two years. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like home? More like home? It's... Yeah. It's, Illinois. It's more know. similar to what I was probably used to in Southeast Iowa. I mean, it's not too far, right? No. It takes me two hours to get back to my parents, so it's very close. Um, it still is a little bit different of a world down there. You know, you still yeah. see a lot of differences, too. And then I do touch Missouri or work into Missouri a little bit, and even the differences farming-wise or what we talk about right. in agriculture and in agronomy, there's some differences that you're going to see even from Illinois to Missouri across the Isn't river. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. So, so, so things change. Yeah, I just think it's so funny even when you're in, uh, like, I'm north of 80 and you yeah. go, like, to Lee County. Yes. Just the difference in that oh, for sure. in Iowa there. I know. Northern Iowa from southern Iowa, oh, southeast yeah. from southwest. I mean, there's differences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, there's so much to learn. I for know. sure. Okay, tell me about this. I think I read you studied abroad. Yeah. I love my study abroad. Okay, tell me where you went because I'm a big believer in study abroad. Love study abroad. So much fun. If anybody listens to this and needs a chaperone, give me a call sometime. But my little sister's kind of (laughs) going on that right now at Iowa State, and I'm like, where's she going? Professors need. She's going to Greece. Oh, Greece! I know. I'm so jealous. Greece and Italy, I think. Oh, I'd take that one too. And I'm like. Oh, if you need a chaperone, tell your professors. I'll go. But uh, I loved study abroad experiences. And, you know, some people do the semester long, which is great. I was involved on a lot of mm-hmm. activities and organizations on so campus. So it just didn't fit yeah. my what I was focused on. But uh, they have a lot of 14 days over breaks that you can do at Iowa State. Yeah. So I did a handful of them. I did Spain. That was my freshman year. 
Um, then I did. Wait, are these ag travel courses or are these are study abroad? Ag travel courses. Okay, yeah, so I did four, ag travel courses. Fourteen days. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Spain, the United Arab Emirates. Ooh, that. Uh, it was very neat. I loved like, it. Oh my gosh. It was super cool. Was and it then, super hot? You know, it wasn't. I mean, it was when did warm. You what, what we would have gone over Thanksgiving break. Okay, so maybe. So it wasn't terrible. Okay. It was. I mean, we went to the pool. We, we yeah. you know, stuck our feet in the water. Blah blah yeah. blah. But no, it was. I don't remember it being yeah. super. Normally hot. hot. Okay, moving on. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we did England and Scotland. Oh. That was fun. Oh, Scotland. Yes, Scotland was beautiful. Oh, of course, it beautiful. Is. Yes, I loved Scotland. And then I did Japan and Thailand too. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a handful. Of I them. did this summer abroad in China. Oh, really? Hong Kong, Japan, yeah. and South Korea. That would be cool. Yes. We were supposed to go to China, but then with African swine fever. Oh. So it was supposed to be a, a Japan and China trip, you know, and yeah. then when when African swine fever broke out, yeah, they didn't allow us to. So when to we go were there. in Japan, we got sponsored by a pork um, company. Yeah. I don't even, can't even tell you, but they're, one of their doctoral students was at Iowa State and hosted sure. us back or whatever. And we got to go to this. Um, they put it put us up in like this spa hotel thing, and we had to wear um, kimonos the whole time. Really, and, like, sandals for dinner. Yeah, yeah. And we did that one very, time in Japan. Very, yeah, in Japan. Yeah. And we had sushi for the very first time in my entire life, oh my and goodness. I'll never forget my first bite of squid. Ew. That sucker went straight across my mouth, hit the other side, and I swallowed. And I was like, "Did you like it? No. Okay. <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> I don't think Still I can do this that. Day, I was like. Mm. I don't think I could do that. Sure. You always have to try the food. Yes, you do. I was going to try the food. You do. Like we tried snails in in Spain, and those weren't my favorite. Oh no, the I pigs' try. feet in Spain were not great. <laughs> but you got to try it, and yeah. then you can move away from it. Yeah, you know. And I will tell you too. As soon as you take yourself out of what you know mm-hmm. and put yourself in a country where you're a the minority, yep. don't speak the language, and you are. Like, I don't know about you, but when we were in Japan and China, we were looked at like movie stars because, I mean, well, first of all, we're women and mm-hmm. I was tall and, mm-hmm. you know, we're English speaking and whatever. It really makes you so much more of a, I just think, a better human. It just makes you so much more global. It yep. makes us one world. It makes agricultural to me and it just centers us even more because it's yes. everybody has to eat. Everybody's producing food. Everybody's trying to take care of their families, right? right. And when you go and you see what they're doing mm-hmm. and you can take a little bit of that and take it home with you and you can then apply it to your family, it just, it, it's, there's something about it that is so impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really recommend it. You like, nailed it. I, yeah. I love it. One of our... Uh, I forget where which country it was, but one of our, you know, you have a bus guide or bus driver yes. the whole time, and then a tour guide. And I remember on one of the buses, one of the, they were talking to one of our professors, and he said, you know, your students having a U.S. passport do not realize what they have. Right. Right, and just how valuable even just that U.S. passport is and mm-hmm. how it's viewed by the rest of the world that we have that. Right. Um, and then to learn also about their own country and, yeah, the yeah. practices that they use in agriculture are absolutely amazing. Um, it's some of the traditions that are handed down. Yes. Just some of the most simplest things mm-hmm. that they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we were in China, we were walking in rice fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still their hand plugging away, you know, and how they're using gravity to drive all the water. Yeah. And we were in pig farms and we're looking at Russian equipment. Mm-hmm. And you just don't think about all that stuff. No. You know, you just don't think about this world that yeah. we're in. I hope it. I hope people who listen to this podcast, if they ever get a chance to take a trip, for sure, maybe through Farm Bureau, maybe through mm-hmm. you know the Soybean Association, maybe through their Breeder Association, mm-hmm. take an ag travel course as an adult. Yeah, and go. I just my daughter. I still want to go on yeah. more. If there's more, I need to do. I need to find them. Yeah. So. Well, my daughter and I just went to Ecuador in September, yeah. and I'm telling you that was a good trip. To that go. is you awesome. You would love South that America. That would be super cool. Yeah, I've got. I will go anywhere. Honestly, I, I mean, I. Yeah. I, I do too. I'm it's not so really fun. too fearful. I'm, few places right now I'm like eh. yeah. right okay right. all right so one of the things I love to ask ladies who are like you know because this is about women who are dedicated and passionate and excelling but there's something about you that makes you that way like right mm-hmm. so what's your edge what do you think it is that takes you from just being Macy to mm-hmm. being a little bit more white like why would Andy Plattner say you got to talk to Macy yeah that's a great question um I mean, I think that there's a there's been this competitive drive in me 
you know, which my dad would probably say sometimes isn't healthy. Um, but <laughs> Not true. Right. Yeah. But there's always been, I just want to do more, right? That I, I want to, I don't want to turn down any opportunity. I don't want to close any door. Um, maybe if, if, if it's even the answer is not right now, it's mm-hmm. not never, right? Mm-hmm. So keeping an open mind and just looking for new opportunities to, to grow and learn, mm-hmm. um, see new things, meet new people. Uh, the world is so small and interconnected when you start putting dots together. So being able to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there and just, yeah, mm-hmm. I just like staying busy you know, working hard and, and finding new things and learning new things. Oh, no. So just going after it. I, I don't think know. That's, yeah, that's such an edge. And to own it, like to know that you mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. and that that's something you're good at too. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I love it when people can answer back, women on this podcast, they answer back and they know what their edge is. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are specific as I'm really good at doing a, a leg yeah. on a steer. Yeah. You know, I can tell you when the hair's wrong or mm-hmm. I am a continual learner mm-hmm. or you know, or I just have this world passion mm-hmm. and I want to do more. Yeah. That's awesome. I just love it. I love learning. I love exploring that. That's so cool. That's really cool. About that. Neat I question. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think it's fun. I think part of the podcast that makes these women so special on this podcast, you included, is, is that some aspect of who you are, you own mm-hmm. and you own it well. Mm-hmm. And I think if somebody who's listening to the podcast and they're kind of trying to figure out okay, I like this, I want to be good at this, but how do I get better? Mm-hmm. Is to identify something that you're passionate about and own it and be proud of it. I mean, I know back then, I wish I would have owned it earlier. Yeah. Like, I remember growing up and thinking when I was 16, these are my people, this is what I want to do. But at the same time, it really kind of wasn't as acceptable or cool then to do that, you know? So you're kind of this peer pressure, mm-hmm. small school, whatever, you know, like pulls you back and forth and you couldn't get all the time to it. Right. Now I'm thinking... In the world, did it take me so long to own that? Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. And you only—I mean, the thing that I think about so much is I never regret what I've done. Right? It's only the opportunities that maybe I didn't take. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what I try to think about every day. Is I'm I'm not usually going to regret trying something or doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit back in ten or fifteen years and say, man, I really wish I would have gave that a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. You know, your situation is unique too because you have four girls. Mm-hmm. And your dad, I read a quote about your dad, mm-hmm. um, and he had said, I, I, I'll probably butcher the quote, but basically <laughs> it was, was he concerned that there wouldn't be a son there to take over the farm? Right. And he said, oh, what gosh. are you Don't talking about? Don't ask him about? that question. Don't, what are you talking about? Like, I yeah. have four girls that can do anything. Yes. Right? Yes. How do you think that mentality has shaped is that mentality has shaped yeah, you guys? Like absolutely. You and, and I know your mom's probably pa- just as passionate about that because right. your dad doesn't marry a woman who doesn't support that. Mm-hmm. You know, like and it has that as the head of the family. How, yeah. do you, how did you feel? Like how is that part of your? It's been huge, right? To my sisters and I, um, growing up for sure. And my dad is the best girl dad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he yeah he would back us up any any yeah. day, right? And say that hey, my girls can work or do anything that your your sons can do, and yeah. not to say that you know son. Gen- Gender matters, right? right? At the end of the day, it's just hey, we but want. But let's be honest, like agriculturally, tra- yeah. traditionally, tra- really pretty traditionally valued, pretty traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more conservative yeah. positions. In we it. just want an equal opportunity, right? right? To do the same thing. And I, I mean, I work with men every day. I don't yeah. work with many women in the in the current job that I have, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. Uh, I love working with men. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I have a lot of great men mentors in my life. I, I work with great guys every single day. I work with great women every single day in agri- agriculture as well. So, yeah, just I think dad allowing us to – there was no gender roles in our house, mm-hmm. right? It was like, hey, we're going outside to do chores. There's no job that anybody can do that we don't do because we didn't have a, a brother to be compared to. Right. Which was – yeah, I always wanted a brother. Don't get me wrong. I always wanted an older brother to go play sports with because I was the the daughter of the house that played sports. Yeah. My sisters were into dance and cheerleading. Yeah. So I wanted a brother. Um, but no. No offense was, to your sisters. Yes, 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 yeah. I love my sisters. Don't get me I wrong. I just wanted one. But I just wanted a brother. Yeah. Um, for a long time. And looking back now, I I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Um, there was just yeah, it was just hey, put on your put on your boots and let's go outside and yeah. and do do what we need to do. We have I've talked some about limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. and and that's what holds some women back sure. from stepping forth. As simple as, I don't know how to change a tire. Yeah. I don't know how to back up the truck and trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. And those things, 
I mean, I took for granted, like, learning on the farm, like, backing up the hay rack. Yeah. Dad would say, go get the tractor, let's go, you yeah. know, kind of thing. I know you didn't have the guys. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, Dad said, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. What you, you know, what would you say to somebody who has that in their mindset? Like, I don't even know how to hook up the trailer. Yeah. Ask, right? That's we what? all have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's human nature. Right. to have an imposter syndrome. I have imposter syndrome every day, yeah. right? We're all just trying to figure out and act like we know what right. we're doing in life, period. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just go figure it out, yeah. right? Just just take some action. If you need to ask for help, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Right. For sure, find somebody. I mean, you've got to ask the right person sometimes, yeah. but you can always find somebody that you trust that knows what they're doing um, or somebody can help you find that person that knows what they're doing. If it's yeah. just, you know, a simple action. Right, um, from judging to go get in it. exhibiting yeah. to fitting yeah. to picking out the pig yeah. to putting on the chocolate. My dad always joked, <laughs> even if he didn't want us moving, me wanting... Wanting me moving the tractor or whatever was in my way, you know, truck and trailer, I didn't really care. I was gonna go move it. Like even if I didn't really know how, right at a young age, if that thing was in my way, I was gonna jump in it and move it. It's good. <laughs> good, bad, or indifferent. Good, you know, bad, just bad. jump in and figure it out, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's such a good lesson too for people who are listening, men, women, mm-hmm. young, old. There's no time like the present just to yeah. jump in and get Absolutely. going with it. I know. Absolutely. I took it for granted because in my family, if we were going to show livestock, mm-hmm. I was the leader of the family. So if it, if it, I wasn't doing it, nobody else was going to know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So he just went and did it. Plus, I was passionate about it and I wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. So I challenge people out there, jump in. Yeah. Get going. Yeah. Okay. I know you're a person of mm-hmm. like big, wide open, open to anything. Yeah. But tell me about... Where you're headed? Like, what's five years look down there? What's ten years look like? <laughs> the dreaded it, question. Is it like anywhere, <laughs> somewhere? Um, that is that is a great question, right? I think. Well, uh, somebody asked me the other day, oh, and gosh. I was like this because they would listen to the podcast. It was back from my brother, <laughs> yeah. and he listened to me. and He goes, "Joan, you ask people all the time, like, what's your five year? Yeah, what like, is, where are you going? I'm like, oh my turn God. it back on you. I'm like, e. I'm like, I am uh, trying to get through Christmas right now. That is a good point. Okay. Do you have the five-year plan? Do you have the 10-year plan? I mean, I always have goals, right, set set in my mind. Um, And I know that I should also be better about writing down a lot of those goals, you know, and and putting them on paper because I think everybody's listened to, you know, people say that that helps a lot. Um, But at the same time, I'm taking it day by day, right? I I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Living in Illinois is the goal to live in Illinois for the rest of my life. Probably not. Um, And there's still always that side of me of being, you know, the sixth generation family farm Um, at some point. Yeah, I'll probably want to have a hand in where that where that moves and how that farm continues. Yeah. Uh, So but I'm also very passionate about my career currently as well. And I love what I do and how I work with growers and work with farmers and help them be successful on their own operations uh, there. So um, I'm always looking for new opportunities, but I think a motto that I've also focused on or tried to always keep in mind, whether that was high school activities, college activities, or now in my adult career, is do a good job and focus on being the best, mm-hmm. you know, at what you're doing right now, no matter what, bringing, adding value, bringing quality, mm-hmm. you know, working as a team, whatever your value is, is. at that mm-hmm. current time, and opportunities will find you, yeah. right? Um, if you're focused on doing a, a good job, people will see that and a new opportunity will come and that's when yeah. you can maybe take that opportunity. I know. I like that too. You know, a lot of times people are like, I want to be able to run a 5K in, mm-hmm. you know, 12 minutes yeah. or whatever. I'm kind of like you in a way that my values are driving me to my goals, which I don't have maybe that specific goal, like, you know, defined in five years, I want to have a million dollars in the bank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. But my values, just like you were saying, that value of your best self, mm-hmm. best effort, learning as you go along is driving me for those next five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a different way to look at it. Absolutely. I'm glad you're looking at it like yeah. that too. Yeah. It's exciting yep. in a way to not define it, mm-hmm. but in a way it's like, we know we're like kind of going in a certain direction. Right. It's kind of fun. There's so it. many opportunities out there and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just want to be able to take advantage of all of them. Since this is called Ladies in the Lead, she's stock shows. Mm-hmm. If somebody came up to you and said, Macy, you stock show, and know where you're at right now in your life, mm-hmm. how would you define that? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would say, you know, it's a it's a neat opportunity because I see this even more working in the agronomy side of the world. Just the livestock world is so interconnected, right? Um, especially just with high value genetics mm-hmm. from state to state. It's just so cool to see how small the world that is and how interconnected it is when livestock start moving here or there or so-and-so's using X-Bull or X-Bore from wherever. It's just so neat because I think that we have the opportunity to make so many connections Mm -hmm. that way, right? And meet good people and work with good people and bring high-value genetics to other areas or depending on what your focus is just to 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 do that and meet your goals, Mm -hmm. right, at the end of the day. Um, And I see that even more working on more the grain side of the of the agricultural industry mm-hmm. every day because some of those farmers right your ground is where your ground is yeah which is great i love row crops farming i, yeah. I love all that aspects of it too but they don't usually know you know somebody from three states away because why would they their practices right. are a little bit different and we've got what we need right here mm-hmm. whereas with the livestock world it's just so interconnected and we're able to make connections like that and move livestock from place to place and add value in different places um, versus a lot of other industries. So would you say your experience right now for Stock Show is advocate? Mm-hmm. Like big, I mean, as a judge, yeah, as sure. a mentor, as somebody who's kind of like been to Texas, been to South Dakota, yeah. been to Illinois, like advocating for that cross-connection yes. that Stock Show brings to all of us. Yeah, there's always so an opportunity. We're having a pig do it, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. which is or, or cattle or whatever you want to say, but I mean, for you guys, it's hogs, you know? Right. There's yeah. always an opportunity to advocate, right? Whether that's somebody that you're sitting next to on the plane, uh-huh. right? Talk, Trust me. Talk, talk to them about, about that. Yeah, exactly. And which I is great. Too. Which yeah. is a great opportunity to yeah. take advantage of, right? Um, or if that's, you know, teaching in inner city Houston, yeah. right? And teaching the kids about that. Yeah. Um, there's just always somebody that you're going to run into. Living in Quincy now, you know, I get, yeah, sharing your experiences with, with different people and learning about their experiences as And it's as amazing well. to think how all that happens because we're kind of passionate about showing pigs mm-hmm. or cattle or yeah. sheep or goats or that we're willing to commit to that. And, Absolutely. And, and pass it on from generation to generation. For oh sure. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Macy, that's such good stuff. Very cool. Isn't Very cool. cool? Don't mm-hmm. you just feel like that's... I feel like the industry is being empowered in a way from this next generation. It's more giving. It's more open, Mm -hmm. I think. It's more accessible. Mm -hmm. And it's at a higher level than it's ever been. And it's getting better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people like yourself are sharing it and going out there and advocating and yet giving back. Like, you're not just going to the show to prove you can talk on a microphone. You're taking the time to coach and teach and really have a, a presence with them mm-hmm. when you're there. And you're doing that in your job, and you're doing it here on this podcast, and you're giving it to your family when you go back for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You should own that, too. <laughs> Thank you. I think you should own that, yes. too. Yes. Okay, so we, uh, we've already talked for, like, 45 minutes. Really? It's been that I know, been like, that this long? thing flies by, <laughs> and I'm like... Oh my gosh, my listeners. Where does the time go? Where does the time go? Everybody at Barnes & Noble has... They're probably like, why are they still here? Yeah, and we were sitting in this open window and like, Uh we look like movie stars. Yeah, I love it. We'll be coming for autographs soon. But I always end up, because I have to have a few rapid fire questions. Sure, okay. Keeps you real. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. First of all, what's the music that you listen to in the barn? In the barn, whatever is on the radio. Sometimes it gets changed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we got a radio in there all the time, and yeah. I'll walk in, and I'm like, why is this on? Um, <laughs> if it's my choice country. It's, okay. For sure. Define your country. Current 90s, 80s. I am, I love good 90s country. Oh. Love good 90s country, but I also like some of the um, newer stuff. Yeah. More of kind of maybe your red dirt to That's some so extent. Funny. Everybody loves red dirt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which Laney Wilson's not technically I red dirt, but I do Lainey love Laney Wilson. Wilson. Uh, okay, Ian Munsick, Tyler Childers. Those are some of the newer artists that I love, but I, I really am a 90s country girl. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. When you're going to the barn, mm-hmm. what are you wearing for shoes? Tennis shoes or um, gum boots. Oh, really? Yeah, See? either one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just depends I mean, on what we're doing. Yeah. Or temperature. <laughs> or temperature. Yes. Yeah, your gum boots get a little hot <laughs> in the summer. Uh, yes. Yeah, so tennis shoes for sure. I know. Mm-hmm. In the truck, who is the whole family's there? Who's in charge of the aux cord? We don't really have an... I don't know. Who gets to Bluetooth? Is your dad Bluetooth? Is he on the phone the whole time? Oh, gosh. My dad doesn't know how to Bluetooth. Okay. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even probably know how to get music on his phone. Um, 
I don't know. Whatever's on the radio. Probably mom. Mom usually owns the radio. Because she usually drives. So she's in the driver's seat. Usually Mm -hmm. drives. Mm -hmm. Favorite fast food? Fast food. Mm. We were talking about it today. Chick-fil-A would be a good one. Gotta love Chick-fil-A. Are you on the Canes thing yet? You know, I do like Raising Canes. I do. What? We just got one here I still like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's here in the mall, by the way. Right, right, right. I was like, oh, I forgot they had Chick-fil-A I still like Chick-fil-A. Because I don't come down to the mall. I like nuggets, so. You like nuggets? Yeah, you gotta get nuggets. Chicken person. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe now, like, we should say beef, pork, or... I mean, oh, gosh. Did you show I, chickens, too? I love a good steak. No. No oh. chickens. Okay. No birds. Favorite show you ever showed at? You exhibited at. Favorite show you exhibited Denver, at? Denver um, was consistently usually my favorite. Okay. And it's coming up. So yes, perfect time of the year to mention Denver. Yeah. It's coming up here in January, and my birthday was always there, so... January 17th? My birthday is the 19th. 19th. Yeah. yeah, so it's always... Uh, Close. It was always when we were showing out in Denver, and it was kind of cool, because I got to skip school... And then I usually, you know, there's this bunch of shopping upstairs at Denver, so I always got yeah. to go pick out something for my birthday. Usually, that my was my birthday during present. The state fair, Iowa oh, state that's fair. fun. It's the best Is it time fun? To have oh, okay. Way fun. Good it's time. Even better as hey, you can see everybody. Can we buy you a little extra beverage. Go to the bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's always some. It's always fun. Perfect. All right, favorite show you've judged so far? Um, National Barrow Show was really neat experience. I mean, I haven't done a lot of big ones yet. You yeah. know. But National Barrow Show was really cool just because of the history behind, you know, National Barrow Show in Austin. So yeah. that'd well, be cool. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you for being it's been a, super fun. a person who said yes. Yeah. Because we read via Facebook. We're like Facebook buddies. Like, yeah. I reached out to you and then, like, and for taking the time to stop because it is so, I think your message is so powerful and it's just going to inspire somebody to dream big. If not that, like, just to be open. And I think you really have shown that to us today, and I appreciate that so much. Well, thank you. Wish you a very Merry Christmas. Well, I want to, I mean, I want to also say kudos to what you're doing. Thank because you. to have the guts to, first off, start a podcast and then stay consistent with it. I know yeah. it takes a lot of work, um, and I think it's awesome that you're jumping in yeah. and, and really We're taking taking the lead and owning a project like this. Because I think that, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much work and commitment go into it's making fun. a successful podcast. It's so that's well. that's very Casey, neat to see. Thank you. Well, I'm mm-hmm. thank you. That brings a lot to me as yeah. well. We'll just take yeah. it right there. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you next week at or out on the road. Thanks for listening, you guys. That was an awesome episode of Ladies in the Lead, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to it. I want to thank Austin Garner for being my audio producer. I'm your host, Joan Garner. I want to encourage you to check out Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Ladies in the Lead, and you're going to want to like and follow along. Of course, you can always check out shestockshows.com to see uh, any updates or if you need to contact me, or you can use my Facebook, Joan Garner. We'd love to have feedback and we'd love to hear from you all. You guys have a great week. We'll see you out on the road.